It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment. (sighs) Folks, I don't know how else to put it. Some absolutely brutal beats for our Saturday Indian Wells picks. We start with Bianca Andrescu. She earns a three-set victory over Ali Risk, earns a 6-2 third set to secure that victory, and yet she only wins by three total games. We had a three-and-a-half game spread as such. That was a unit loss. Anaconia looked like she had captured all of the momentum after coming back to take the second set against Tamara Zidanzik. Nevertheless, it's Zidanzik who earns the win in three. Marcos Giron came oh so close to upsetting Filip Krajinovic. In the end, though, Krajinovic 7-6-7-5 victory. Unfortunately, also did not expect Garbine Muguruza to get knocked off by Alia Tamjanovic. That happens in three sets. That knocks off one. One of our parlays as well. Now, we did have a few wins on the day. We knew Kasparud was going to knock off Carbeas Bania. We knew he was going to do it comfortably. He did just that. We knew Danielle Collins with her form. She was going to knock out Lauren Davis. She does just that. We also had faith in a couple of young American best friends. Tommy Paul, Riley Opelka. They should have won their matches against Dusan Lajevic and Taro Daniel. They do just that in straight sets as such. Three and four overall on the day. Now, that doesn't sound too bad, but unfortunately, we had the the full unit selections on both Anaconia and Bianca Andrescu. Neither of those picks bear any fruit for us, so unfortunately we are down 1.68 units overall on day three. As such, we fall to 10-10-2 overall, down 0.43 units for the event. Look, I'm still feeling pretty good. I think that 10-10 and 10 record, all 10 of our losses, I think 9 of the 10 have either gone three sets and we've come close to pulling off the upset, or in the case of Bianca Andrescu, we're half a game away from getting that over the finish line. You know, 0.43 units down through three days. I think we can come back from that. I think we can finish strong. And look, we've got a Sunday fun day on our hands here at Indian Wells. Normally, you associate Sundays with championship Sundays. One, two matches maybe on the schedule. That is not the case for us here at Indian Wells. We've got the round of 32 kicking off for the women. Back half, round of 64, bottom half of the draw means we're going to get to see a bunch of new seeds in play for the men. As such, it remains a fantastic time to be a fan of the professional tennis world. Of course, what I'm going to be doing on today's show, listing my picks for Sunday's action at Indian Wells. I'll go through the money lines, the underdogs, the over-unders, the spreads. Of course, offer you all my parlay of the day as well as we so often do here on this Ace of the Day segment. Of course, I do want to remind all of you listeners, you're looking for more Indian Wells content. We're recapping each day's 
action over on the Mini Break podcast feed. We're, of course, offering Match of the Day segments to our Patreon family. I break down my favorite match on each and of each and every day's play. Excuse me. Uh, so if you are interested in hearing that segment, if you're interested in supporting our work here at Crack Rackets, you can learn more by going to our website, uh, crackrackets.com. But with that in mind, you don't care about any of that stuff. You came here to hear some picks, so let's get into it. Here are my picks for Sunday, October 10th matches at the 2021 Indian Wells, my GSP aces of the day. Let's start with the money lines, the underdogs. I've got one for you. It is one of our matches of the day unequivocally, and that's the round of 32 affair between two veteran seeds of the WTA Tour. You've got Petra Kvitova taking on Victoria Azarenka. Of course, this is a matchup we have seen multiple times in history. You look between these two players who, of course, similar in age. You look for Victoria Azarenka, I believe, as of right now. Uh, Let's see. Vika, currently 32 years old. You look Petra Kvitova, currently 31 years old. Again, these two ascended the ranks of the WTA Tour very similar times. As such, they've played eight times in their career. You look at the head-to-head. Petra Kvitova actually leads that head-to-head 5-3 to over. Overall, Now, the last time they played was January of 2019. And of course, since that time, we've, oh, I don't know, only had a pandemic. There's only been, what, two full years of tennis since then. And the last time, uh, obviously, they played was indoors at St. Petersburg. That was a Kvitova win, 6-2-7-6. Now, since then, we've seen, you know, Vika go on to make the U.S. Open final. We've seen Petra go on semifinals, Roland Garros, semifinals of the Australian Open. These two are still playing fantastic tennis. And one could argue they're playing better tennis right now than they were the last time they played in 2019. This should be a fun battle. And of course, it's the first time the two of them have played at Indian Wells. It'll be fascinating to see, particularly at this stage of their career, how both of them both benefit and perhaps uh, suffer given the conditions, the slow hard courts at Indian Wells. Of course, neither Petra Kvitova nor Victoria Azarenka has ever lacked in power. And it's worth mentioning Victoria Azarenka was one of just four returning champions uh, of Indian Wells entering the event on the women's side. Of course, there were no returning champions on the men's side, but look, this is a pick by any metric you want to look at. You look at the odds for this matchup as a rank of minus 125 favorite to Kvitova at plus 100. You want to look at tennis abstracts projections uh, for this match according to the singles forecast Vika, a 50.2% favorite. Petra Kvitova, a 49.8. That is literally as close to a pick as you are going to get from the singles forecast, of course. Uh, look, it, it makes sense. Kvitova, the 7th seed. Vika, the 27th seed. They're 8th and ninth, respectively, according to the singles forecast, in likelihood to win the event. Vika, a 5.6% chance. Kvitova, a 5.5% chance. They've also both been pretty solid here in 2021. You look for Petra Kvitova overall on the season 29 and 16. Of course, she won the title earlier this year in Doha, made quarterfinals of Cincinnati, is coming off of a semifinal run in Ostrava a few weeks ago where she was knocked off by the eventual champion, Annette Conteve. Uh, she's played good tennis, 18-10 and 10 overall here in 2021 on hard courts. You look for Petra Kvitova in terms of hold percentage, break percentage. She's holding 76% of the time. That's just above her career average, 0.4%. Breaking serve, 35.2% of the time. That's a percent below her career average. 
She's still who she has always been, which is when she's on her front foot playing power tennis, she can beat anyone in the world. And of course, uh, you look for Victoria Azarenka. She's been excellent here this season as well, albeit in limited uh, amounts of play. 27-9 and in her last 52 weeks. That's a 75% win percentage. She's 17-6 and uh, on hard courts over the last 52 weeks. 14 and 5 here in 2021. Of course, that includes runs for her uh, to the semifinals in Doha, where she had to unfortunately withdraw uh, against Garbine Muguruza. She actually had to withdraw from Muguruza again when they played in Chicago last week. She lost to Muguruza in three sets at the U.S. Open. What's so impressive, listen to these five hardcourt losses for uh, Victoria Azarenka this season. Jessica Pagula, first round Australian Open. That's obviously aged well. Ashley Barty, three sets Miami. Sabalenka, Montreal. Barty, Cincinnati. Muguruza, U.S. Open. All of those players are top 20 players at a minimum, if not top 10 players here this season. Vika has been that good when healthy over the past 18 months, dating back to her run at the Western Southern Open and at the U.S. Open last season. So again, this is, you can understand why the metrics suggest this is a pick sort of match. And yet, you know, again, it's an eye test sort of thing. A, Vika has struggled with injuries. She, you know, goes three sets with Baptiste in Chicago and was definitely, you know, being a bit tentative and, uh, you know, being conservative and wanting to play uh, Indian Wells. But she withdraws from that next match against Muguruza. And she goes down an early break against Magda Lynette in her first round match before ultimately getting a 7-5, 3-love victory after Lynette is forced to retire in the second set. Uh, again, it'll be a question. How how much does Azarenka have left in the tank? You know, how healthy is she entering this event? Meanwhile, for Petra Kvitova, after her injury at Wimbledon, one of the what-ifs of the season, or excuse me, was it Wimbledon? It might have been the French Open, excuse me, where she gets injured uh, in the press conference. Yeah, at the French Open, uh, she's been playing pretty damn solid tennis here down the home stretch again quarterfinals for her in Cincinnati before getting knocked out in three by Kerber loses to Sakari at the U.S. Open loses to Conteve the eventual champion in Ostrava it's a pretty good run for Petra Kvitova who of course beat Muguruza in Doha earlier this season and you know again it loses to Svitolina in three sets in Miami she has had an excellent year as well and so you know, it, these really are two players who have played very good hardcore tennis in particular here on the season. It comes down to an eye test thing. Watching, you know, those first round matches, I just thought Kvitova looked better in her 2-2 two and two win over Aranks Rus, and I thought she looked better beating Teichman, beating Potapova in Ostrava. Then I think Vika's looked of late, and I know that three-set match against Muguruza at the U.S. Open on paper, again, that looks like a good match, and, you know, Muguruza goes on to win Chicago, so who knows what would have happened had Vika played her, but... I just do think the power of Kvitova has always had the opportunity to disrupt the game style of Azarenka. Again, these are if you're expecting 10, 15 shot rallies, this is not going to be the match for you. I just think Kvitova is executing a little bit better right now. I think she's serving a bit better, and you look at the numbers, they bear that out. Kvitova this season is 76% hold percentage, Vika 67.8%. Now, of course, Vika is breaking serve 45.2% of the time. Kvitova is down to 35.6%, but... 
you know, again, on this surface with how slow it is, how neutralizing it is, I think all of these players are going to get good looks on return. I think it's the players who can still manufacture easier plus one opportunities, easier free points with their serve that have the advantage. And that's why I give the advantage to Petra Kvitova in this instance. And again, she's five and three against Vika in her career. Uh, Of course, many of those matches have been close, but you look for Kvitova in the matchup between the two players, I believe, if memory serves me correct, and I have it in front of me. Yes, she has won five of the past six. So again, five and one in her last six, five and one since the start of the 2010 season. Uh, and of course, Kvitova beat her in the WTA Championship final. She's beaten her in the Madrid final as well. I just think Kvitova advances in this one. And at plus 100, we find value in making that pick. So give me Petra Kvitova, the powerful lefty, who, of course, when she plays her best tennis, she can win any tournament she enters. I think she knocks off Vika tomorrow. Plus 100, we're just going to throw half a unit on it to win a half unit on the money line. Keep things simple. That is ace of the day number one. Now, aces two, three, and four, a couple of spreads for you on the day. Of course, there are plenty of over-unders to like as well. You look at some of the matchups. I mean, Iga Sviantek, I would normally say she would advance and cruise straight sets over Veronica Kudermatova, particularly on a slow, high-bouncing hardcourt. But whenever you think that about Kudermatova is when she sneaks up on you. And Kudermatova looked really good in her first round win uh, here at this event. And, you know, again, I'm over Samsonova and just She's got time to get in her plays here. She obviously hits flat off of both wings, but in particular off of that forehand. Sviantek's going to provide her all of the topspin she'll need to drag that ball down. She's willing to you know, match Sviantek's physicality. I think plus 165 at over two and a half sets for Sviantek Kudermatova. That might be the value play I like the most, but again, there are a bunch of them. Rogers Bagu, Pegula Paulini, Fernandez Pavlachenkova, slow high bouncing par- uh, high court for Pavlachenkova. You could love that. And by the way, Pavlachenkova's plus 105. She's the underdog against Fernandez. I know Fernandez is coming off of the U.S. Open final, but A, Pavlachenkova made a French Open final this year. B, Fernandez has never played Indian Wells before. C, like, are we sure we're really ready to make Fernandez a favorite in a match against a top 20 opponent? That just feels a little bit rash here. There's definitely value in Pavlochenkova plus 105 if you if you want to hit that, but then perhaps cover yourself. You know how well Fernandez competes and how many matches of hers at the U.S. Open win three sets, all of them except the final. Uh, plus 120 over two and a half sets, not a bad value play. Of course, Kvitova Azarenka, Pagula Paulini, also interesting if you want to get Shvian Tech, uh, I'd go money line over, uh, excuse me, I'd go spread over the money line at minus three and a half games, minus 175. That's just not the best value. Sviantek, uh, minus four and a half games is minus 125, but that implies she's going to blow Kudermatova out, and I do think that match is going to end up a little bit closer uh, than, you know, it may be a straight set victory, but more of like a four and five or a four and six victory, and so minus four and a half games just feels a little strong. Halep, minus four and a half games over Sasnovich is by at Huevo. I would hit that at minus 135, but I don't. So I'm going to leave that to the side. Of course, on the men's side, pick a name out of a hat. It's round of 64 action. Fritz Nakashima, Battle of Americans. The way Fritz competes, particularly against a younger American, that match feels destined for three sets. Hachinov Rusevori plus 135 over two and a half sets is interesting. Vukic Demon Hour, just because Vuki's playing so well and Demon Hour is not. Uh, Sinego Anderson, Monfils Magger, 
Alcaraz versus Murray, like Andy will compete well. Now that forehand is going to give Andy all sorts of problem. And a slow hard court for Carlos Alcaraz, yeah, absolutely love that with how often he's going to get the chance to hit forehands. But that match is interesting. You know, Eubanks, Baslish, Vili. Christian Green versus Ernesto Escobedo, I don't know what to make of because Escobedo's the favorite right now. And what would think of all of the hard courts, a slow, high-bouncing hard court might be the best for Green. So... That's a fascinating matchup. I would sniff around the over two and a half sets there. You know, Sinego, minus one and a half games over Anderson is interesting to me at plus 100. FAA, minus four and a half games over Ramos Vinolas, minus 150. Just not the best value, and that's a lot of games to cover. Martinez, on the flip side, plus five and a half games over Tsitsipas. I think that match is going to be closer than a three and three blowout, and, you know, you could get some good value there. But... The spreads I've settled on, I've got three for you. Let's start with, you know, again, we'll go from worst to best odds. Yannick Sinner, minus four and a half games over John Millman. Simply put, what does Millman do to hurt Sinner in this matchup? And you look for Yannick Sinner and what he's been able to accomplish here throughout the course of 2021. He's on your short list for most improved players of the year. And I had that conversation with Gil Gross on the mini break podcast yesterday, but you look for Yannick Sinner here in 2021. Again, he's just been outstanding by any metric career highs in hold percentage, break percentage. You look for him here. He's 37 and 17. It's a 69% win percentage. He's coming off of a title run in Sofia title at the city open as well. Round of 16 us open before getting knocked out by Zverev. And you look for him early in the season finals in Miami quarterfinals Dubai title in the warm-up to the Australian Open Yannick Sinner on hard courts this season 27 and 9 overall it's a 75% win percentage his hold percentage jumps by 3.3% his break percentage drops by just 1% he's winning a percent and a half more total points when he's playing uh, hard court matches than he is just in general on the season And again, you look for his losses here this year on hard courts. You know, you see Zverev, you see Medvedev, you see Shapovalov, you see Hercats in that final. Now, you do see a Duckworth appearance, but the Duck has been so excellent of late. Uh, Again, I just, I don't know what Millman does to hurt Yannick Sinner. Of course, Millman's coming off of a physical three-set win over Jack Sock, but a slow, high-bouncing hard court. I know it's his first, uh, but you look for uh, Sinner. I know it's his first Indian Wells, but again, he's facing a guy in Millman who, you know, down to number 90 in the ATP rankings. He's had a tough season, 19 and 22 overall. Now he's come alive of late, you know, quarterfinals in DC, quarterfinals in Sultan, quarterfinals in Sofia. There's no doubt John Millman's starting to play better tennis, and of course, he is going to make that match physical, but what does he do to hurt Sinner? Sinner is going to move, you know, he's going to track down everything uh, Millman throws at him. And Sinner's the sort of guy who does have the discipline and the physicality to withstand the 15 to 20 ball rallies that Millman will want to make him play. And, you know, Millman will try to bait him into allowing Millman to hit the forehand on the run. I think Sinner's just got too much power. You never want to bait Yannick Sinner because when he takes that bait, he's efficient with it. Minus four and a half games is a lot, but that's a four and three victory or a, you know, a one in five victory. All of those things cover. A one in six victory even covers. Two in six even covers. I just think Yannick Sinner, even if there's one close set, I think there's also going to be a lopsided set as well. And as such, I'm not afraid of that four and a half game number at minus 115. I think we're finding value. So we're going to throw half a unit on that to win 0.43. 
Ostapenko, minus one and a half games over Putenseva, uh, Putenseva, excuse me, now you look for Putenseva. She's coming off of a Nur Sultan final. She's coming off of a title a few weeks prior to that. She has certainly uh, raised her level here down the home stretch of 2021, but so has Ostapenko. And you look for Yulia Putenseva here on the season, who again wins the title, uh, I believe, over, or excuse me, semifinals for her in Potoros, makes the final over in Nur Sultan. Yeah, she did win the final in Budapest back in July. Uh, but you look for her, you know, breaking it down again overall here on the season, 32 and 23. You go by ranking against opponents outside the top 50, she's 25 and 10. Against opponents inside the top 50 this year, she's 7 and 13. Now you look for her overall on the season on hard courts uh, for Yulia Putinseva. She's been pretty solid, 19 and 13 overall, no doubt about that. That'll get the job done. But, you know, again, this is a bet on Ostapenko, who is coming off of a final in Luxembourg where she loses in three sets to Clara Tawson, but beats Samsonova, beats Alize Cornet. She's coming off of, you know, again, a, a pretty solid. She ends up not being able to play, uh, unfortunately, in the U.S. Open, but. You know, was solid in Ostrava, beats Blinkova before getting knocked out by Sakari. Three in love victory for her over Suwe C. And look, Putin Seva has played a lot of slow, hard court tennis of late. She's coming from Nur Sultan, which might be the only court in the world slower than these Indian Wells courts. And obviously, Putin Seva made the final there. Her physicality, always something that is going to impress. And, you know, she just played a hard hitting foe in Elena Rabakin and was able to get through that match in straight sets. But there's just a confidence and a freedom. Ostapenko seems to be playing with right now. Again, this is a bet on Ostapenko more than it is against Putenseva, and she just has to win at minus one and a half games, uh, you know, at minus one and a half game spread. That's literally, she just has to win for us to cover this bet. I think she is going to win. I think, you know, again, minus one and a half games versus a, a money line of minus 120. We're just taking the extra, you know, what, 10 cents here at the minus 110. Let's take Ostapenko, minus one and a half games over Putensiva, minus 110, half a unit on that to win 0.45. And then I'm going with a matchup pick. And part of this is the conditions here at Indian Wells. Slow, high-bouncing courts. It's going to favor John Isner, you know, the way it has Milos Oranich in the past. Just give him opportunities to really kick that serve up, go after that, give him a half second more to get to the net when he's serving and balling, get that ball bouncing a little bit higher so that it's finally into his strike zone. I just think it's a horrible matchup for him, uh, for his opponent, Yoshihito Nishioka. And of course, you love Yoshi and, you know, the lefty. So, so quick around the court and so good at exploiting angles. And if he can get into rallies, certainly he can do some damage with Isner and with the speed of these courts. He certainly should have some chances to get into rallies. But, you know, again, we saw what Opelka did to Taro Daniel. We saw even Max Cressy, the, the sort of you know, he had match points on Diego Schwartzman. These courts amplify a good kick serve, and no one hits the kick quite like Isner. I just think this is a brutal matchup for Nishioka. With the slowing of the speed, I do think Isner gets the opportunity to break serve. And again, these are two guys who know each other's games well. Give me Isner a tentative. We're going to take the minus three and a half games. That means he's got to get breaks in both sets or, you know, a 6-3, 7-6 sort of set as well. It's Part of that is going to be luck. Who serves first? But I think 
matchup-wise, I like the Isner minus three and a half games, and we get value here, plus 110. So we're going to pull the trigger on it, half a unit to win 0.55. Those are your three aces of the days that we like as spreads. Now, of course, wouldn't be an ace of the day segment without a parlay. I've got that for you now. We're going to go with three veterans. Once again, well, two veterans and a newbie. We're going to go Svitolina, minus 450 over Kirstea. We're going to go Halep, minus 390 over Sasnovich. And, of course, for Svitolina, defending semifinalist. She's moved up to third in Tennis Abstract's forecast in terms of players most likely to win the event. And, of course, you know, again, three set, uh, was up 4-1 before losing to Jabour in Chicago. Just seemed drained physically, but quarterfinalist at the U.S. Open, won a title in Chicago the week before the U.S. Open. She's defending semifinal points here. She's in the race for the year-end finals, and of course, Muguruza's fallen, and you know, again, opportunities have arisen for Svitolina. Mertens has lost as well. This is her chance to make a move, and minus 450, I think she gets the win over Kirstea, who's always a tricky opponent, but you know, Halep, just seems locked in and of course Sasnovich coming off of the win over Raducanu I like Halep in this instance and then I do like Iga over Kudermatova and again we're minus 380 is not a good enough and is not enticing enough to take on its own but you throw it into a three-person parlay Svitolina Halep Sviantec minus 108 odds now for a three-person parlay that's not great but I feel pretty good about all three of these players. And as such, we're going to bank this parlay in and make that our final ace of the day. And so again, to recap here on a Sunday fun day, we've got five aces for you. Kvitova plus 100 money line over Vika. Half a unit bets, by the way, across the board. We're taking Sinner minus four and a half games over Milman at minus 115. Ostapenko minus one and a half games over Putenseva. Isner minus three and a half games over Nishioka. Those are minus 110 plus 110 respectfully. And then a Spittle Lina, Halep, Sviantec, Moneyline, Parley, minus 108 on the day. We've got two and a half units in play. Two and about two and a half units in return. Those are your Sunday picks for our aces of the day. Of course, as always, recaps can be found each and every day on the Mini Break podcast feed. Patreon uh, members can expect Patreon match of the day segments each and every day throughout the 2021 Indian Wells. And of course, if you'd like to support our work, you'd like to hear those, you can find more by going to our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out as always to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the of an editing job they do day in, day out. With all that said, again, these are your picks for our GSP aces of the day. But, you know, with that said, for Super Producers Fliegner and Westoff and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis, Channels po- Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little 
or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com specialoffer.